Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Agnes London podcast. I'm your host, Sophie, and this week I'm chatting to Charlotte, who runs her own sustainable and ethical design agency, Creative Wilderness. Charlotte also co-runs Conscious Entrepreneurs monthly business sessions for Conscious Entrepreneurs, and so has plenty of experience working with small brands. So whether you've already started a business or thinking of starting one up, then this episode is for you. We chat about the importance of good branding, advice for going self-employed or starting your own business, as well as sustainable packaging and much, much more. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Charlotte, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my podcast. Hi, Sophie. I'm really excited to chat with you today. To start off, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your business, Creative Wilderness? Sure. So I run Creative Wilderness, which is an ethical branding and design company. And I generally work with ethically minded, sustainable, purpose-driven brands, creating their whole brand experience. So looking at the core brand values, things like logos, packaging, everything that everything that people would come into contact with, basically. And then I also run a group called Conscious Entrepreneurs, which I co-run with my yoga teacher. And we sort of connect conscious business owners together, currently held via Zoom, which has been really interesting. Um, But I suppose both of those ventures are all about being more conscious, heart-centered and soulful in a business and being true to myself. I think it's a really great time for us to be having this conversation because I'm sure a lot of people at the moment have been re-evaluating what they are doing work-wise and also a lot of us have a bit more time and a bit more space to think about what we would actually like to be doing work-wise as well. Yeah, I did a free sort of email wisdom session for my followers and people on my email list and the same conversations were coming up, you know, this time to reflect as maybe see that either they want to leave a corporate job or they've got a business but it's not quite in alignment with where they want it to be or that they want to spend their time slowing down a little bit so they may have a business or a brand at the moment but they've kind of got into this cycle and by having a bit of space to step back going actually this isn't the type of business I want to be running so all those type of issues have come up and I think people have also had a bit more sort of realization that they want to spend their money or invest in businesses that are making a difference positively to the world I think this has brought all this up recently especially for me and just well I always try and support independent businesses but friends I know who maybe would buy on the high street have been asking me like oh could you recommend you know a plastic free beauty brand or things like that so it's that's been a really positive thing to see yeah, and there's been some really clever ways that small independent businesses have changed the way they run in this time to still be able to access those customers. Yeah, so much creativity. And I, I, we were chatting about it at the Conscious Entrepreneurs session saying, you know, as a small independent business, you can be really quick, you can be really agile, and you can be really creative. So almost like you've got um, a greater asset than a lot of big businesses because they've got lots of people they've got to run things past to change. So I've seen, yeah, like a vegan pizza business, they're doing like socially distant pizza pickup you know great little things that you think I'm so glad that you are taking positive steps and being really brave with your business and keeping going Mm, yeah I really think you have to be at this time you have to be brave and you have to try new things and I think for a lot of us it's probably a wake-up call in that you need to be able to think on your feet and you can't you can't necessarily plan for the future and have like a a yearly plan a five-year plan because you know unforeseen things do happen 
Definitely. I think some of us has probably prepared for it. I, I try to keep things quite remote, more because I dream of having a camper van and I want to be able to go <laughs> work on my laptop in a camper van. But, you know, I tried to make sure that everything, you know, I, I wasn't dependent on just getting work from going to meetings pe with people in coffee shops that they can connect with me on Zoom. So in that way, I think some of us have been prepared for it. Mm. Um, but, but even for me, you know, I realise I'm very much dependent on clients. And suddenly if this happens, I've got no money. So I had to start to think about, you know, what else could I do? So I started creating um, a course for, to help people understand branding and build their own brand. Um, and I've seen people offer, you know, like mini Zoom consultations. So there are different things that you can do if the most most of your business comes through, you know, face to face interaction with people. So from your experience of working with brands and with your work with conscious entrepreneurs, what advice do you have for people that want to pivot and create a career that actually fits with their morals and around a lifestyle that they want to lead? So I, I do a lot of this in my brand exploration thing, but it's really, you know, taking a step back and maybe starting with something like a vision board, which I'm really passionate about, you know, visioning what your business looks like. So, you know, thinking big, how do you want your life to balance with your business? So, you know, if you want more freedom and flexibility, you don't want to be maybe tied down to open a coffee shop. Mm. So it's really important to think about what you want your lifestyle to look like and then make sure that you're crafting your business around those things. So obviously, if you've got a really a passion for something that's so important and then there is you know there's lots of help out there as well I think when you're starting out you know go to events or connect with people ask for help because you can't do everything yourself and um, for me obviously I'm really passionate about branding because branding is the way you emotionally connect with your customers and it's sort of like the face of your business mm -hmm. so what you do is basically yeah what you do but it's really important to have a strong why and a sense of purpose and that is going to connect with people on a deeper level than just you know what your products are yeah I think that's such an interesting point that you made because so many of us work to live rather than having a job that we actually love that kind of complements our lifestyle and I think it's looking at what type of person you are so people are surprised but I'm quite introverted so you know random phone calls all the time they stress me out so what I've done is I've got a thing called Calendly so I can choose a like times of the day when people can contact me and then also it protects my creativity so it means that I'm not feeling burnt out all the time so it's almost like you can control your day and you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it um you know and uh, I think on spaces like Instagram it's there's a lot of pressure and you can be looking at someone thinking oh, I'm overwhelmed I couldn't even run a business like that and really I, I'm always about crafting a business that suits your personality because if you don't then you're going to start hating the business whatever you do mm. that's something I'm quite bad at is like comparing myself to other businesses and I have to remind myself that you know businesses are like people they're all different and we all have different capabilities and different ways of working and we're all moving along a different on different timelines yeah and I think there's such a backstory I can know people who've got chronic illnesses mm -hmm. and they run a business and you know they say like oh like I can only work 15 hours a week and they've managed to build an amazing business around the fact that they can only work 15 hours a week and they're, they're listening to their body and we had a conscious entrepreneur session this morning and, and that came up quite a lot you know people saying Oh, I should be doing all this stuff at the moment. I should be you know, growing my business and pivoting. And But then someone said, I feel so overwhelmed and I just feel like I want to rest. And we sort of tried to say, well, perhaps at the moment it's time for reflection. 
and pushing at the moment won't feel right for you and I think if you go against your I guess your needs and you, you feel like it's not coming from a good place it's coming from maybe a place of fear so I think when you're building a business you want to always come back to you know what makes you feel good inside and listening to your gut really and your intuition so um, and that's when the most interesting businesses are formed when they're you know you're just treading your own path and you're not doing what everyone else has done. Mm. That's what makes you unique and stand out. Totally, totally. And I think we, we've been lucky because obviously on we've connected on Instagram and we, we're fans of quite a few of businesses, sustainable businesses. And the thing I love about them is, is the personality that they've all got, you know, and, and I'm really loyal to those brands. I wouldn't even think of buying from another, you know, shop or anything like that. Mm. What would you say from your experiences of working with small brands or people that are maybe on that kind of beginning stage of starting a brand? What do you think are people's misconceptions around branding or common mistakes that are made in those early stages I think people someone said to me that they think branding is just for big businesses and I was quite shocked at that um, because you know branding is for everyone at any stage you know sometimes it does take a little bit more of an investment but there are simple things that you can do as a brand to get yourself off to a good start one of the things I love to think about is uh, well two things which I can chat you through quickly um, is having a purpose statement and having four brand personality words so a purpose statement is basically summing up what you do in one sentence. Mm-hmm. So for me, my purpose statement is I craft authentic brand experiences for purpose-driven businesses. So I don't just say I design logos. You know, I'm, I'm talking about what I do, what type of experience, so authentic, so it's very truthful, and for the type of people that I work with. So having a purpose statement is really a really strong thing to um, have. And then you can use that as like your Instagram bio or on your website. And what having it in a sentence really makes you focus exactly on what you do and who you do it for. Mm. And then the second thing is to come up with four words that would describe your brand personality so when we think about people um, you know we connect with people because they've got a certain personality and that's the same type of thing we want to think about as a brand so it's to come up with four words that would describe your brand personality um, so again minor um, oh, I always forget minor like organic intuitive ethical and collaborative and so what I do is then I think about those four brand words in everything that I do so my photography my Instagram posts, the way I sign off my emails, everything is trying to remain true to those four words. And it gives a bit of consistency. Yeah, what you were saying about having those brand personality words, that reminds me of when I was in the early stages of starting Agnes London and I was on the tube just like doing loads and loads of spider diagrams in my notebook just jotting down words that I wanted to relate to the kind of business that I wanted to run. Yeah it's so helpful coming up with words and also um, vision boards or Pinterest boards again visually reflecting the type of brand that you want to be and it's really important to do this I think it's really important to do this deep thinking at the start so that you don't just launch something without putting thought into it. Because if you do this sort of thinking at the start, it, it gives you a sustainable a sustainable brand that's going to grow and it's going to, you're going to look professional, not just sort of, I don't know, you just thought about something, I'm just going to sell products. People need more than that now. They need sort of, you know, personality behind those products, a reason for why those products exist. And I also like to think about how you're going to help solve people's problems or help improve their lives through your brand. Because I guess as conscious brands, that's what we're all about. We want to make the world a better place and make people's lives a better place. So if you can think in, in some small way how you are doing that and communicate that with people, and um, that's another really powerful exercise to think about. 
Mm. So obviously when we talk about like sustainable, ethical brands and things like that, I think historically they've always had not like a bad rep, but they never seem the most glamorous type of brand or the most like luxury. So how do you try and get that across in branding or how can you take someone's idea for a business and maybe a name that they've got that maybe doesn't even relate to sustainability and make it as appealing as possible and to give that I want to buy from that brand because I love the look of them not just because they support my morals definitely I mean I think when I started this I I, I've always bought kind of sustainable brands but they never look great I'm never like oh that looks beautiful that looks beautiful on my uh, bathroom shelf a few a few years ago and then I thought why why don't they understand that you know if they there's they can have these great products but also when you buy it you really feel like oh I'm just buying that because it's good for the environment and I know it's natural you also there's not really as much joy when I buy it but so now I'm, I'm, I've been I've worked with sort of like the Kind Store, and I'm currently looking, working with Lucky Cloud Skincare, and they understand how it's you know you need to have beautiful branding and a great product, and I think it's helped them to appeal to a broader range of people. So perhaps the person who would go in a, a big department store or buy you know more expensive skincare is actually they're looking for natural, but they want it. To to look aesthetically pleasing as well. And it adds to the ritual. So, you know, when you've got a beautiful, um, beautifully designed package or um, the brand's beautiful, then, you know, obviously the product inside is amazing. But even before you open it, you know what to expect and you're filled with, I don't know, filled with joy, um, I guess. And, and for me, that's what's really exciting about branding. It's to sort of reflect visually what the person is going to get through using your products. And I think we are very visually led, you know, um, mm more and more so it's important to think about how you are visually um you know appearing to people and it helps you again stand out and look professional and I think you're right I think you know sometimes I remember buying like the the rock crystal deodorant and my friends would never buy that um but the you know it's kind of moving away from that very back to basics style and um I guess making sustainability look appealing to everyone really something I struggled with when I was starting my brand was packaging because I kind of felt none was kind of the best option in terms of like product sleeves and swing tags and things like that but then I came to realize that it actually gave my products a more premium look and feel when I did add those extra little elements and like this this time around like I've invested in some tissue paper and stickers and things like that from more sustainable supplies but what's your take on that how do you find those suppliers that fit in with the sustainable side of a brand I think you have to compromise so I've had this chats with loads of people who I've worked with because we're both really always passionate about making everything as sustainable as possible but also you want the brand experience to be really good and you want the person who's receiving your product to feel like they've spent their money and invested in something that's um they believe in and I know when I get a little postcard or a handwritten um you know like thanks for your order and it's on a really nice little uh card it really uplifts my day and I feel oh this is the reason why I chose that independent business over you know if people would order off something like Amazon I guess mm. um but the other side is it, I get frustrated when I'm sent something and it's just wasteful and it can't be recycled and it's not compostable so I try and we're quite clever in the way that we um you know look at packaging can we minimize wherever we can obviously make sure that everything is either recyclable or it's post-consumer waste so you can get 
cards made out of coffee shops that would uh, not coffee shops <laughs> coffee cups <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> coffee cups that would have ended up in landfill uh, that have been turned into uh, yeah coffee cups so you can do things like that and um, there's amazing things you can do with stamps because obviously you know the brown cardboard boxes that are one of the most eco-friendly ways to ship your products look a bit boring mm. but you can do clever things like get a you know hand hand designed stamp um i've just worked with zero waste path we did something like that so they've got like their logo stamped on it and like you say little tape if you've got tape with a really beautiful pattern or um, some illustrations on it you can get compostable tape so i think those things add a little bit to the experience and i think especially if you're selling products that people are buying um almost like as a luxury not as a necessity mm. then it is important to give them that experience as though they'd be going into a shop and, and having it nicely done but I think always consider is it adding anything or am I just doing this for the sake of it and if you're just doing it for the sake of it then yeah try and be as minimal as possible um, and I think I can't name the name but I, I was quite disappointed because I spent ages searching for a sustainable backpack that had been made in the UK and it was made by, um, you know out of recycled um, materials so like things plastic from the sea or anything like that so I, I spent ages researching it but then the bag arrived and it was in a plastic bag and I was so incensed <laughs> that the that you know the brand experience wasn't completely aligned with what I was expecting so I think if you're an ethical or sustainable brand you need to look at everything you do and mm. make sure that all of that is as sustainable and ethical as possible because people people will I think lose trust if, if you're saying you're sustainable but you're sending stuff out in plastic and a lot of companies still do package in plastic and I think when you receive something from a a company that maybe hasn't aligned all the way through the whole process on sustainability it does make me think that maybe they're just like jumping on the trend a bit and then yeah. actually they don't have sustainability at the heart of what they're trying to do yeah and if you're transparent about it I think that helps so I know some people like the, the only option is to send it in plastic and yeah. um, you can get you know sort of um better options like there's corn starch plastic things which are slightly better than using plastic obviously but they even with all that I mean it says biodegradable but sometimes it can take years to biodegrade so um there's all these terms that are coming up now and we're in a very new space so don't be too hard on yourself is what I say to people you know try as hard as you can but if you're just starting out sometimes these things aren't available in small quantities so it's basically yeah to, to do the best you can and um, but yeah just make sure that you can considering everything your whole brand experience to make sure that is aligned with your values so um, and, and another thing is sort of how you're promoting yourself because if you're all about you know calm and slow living but you've got loads of sales emails going all out all the time again that's something that that's going to make people feel oh this doesn't quite fit with how I envisage this brand um, and all that comes back to is yeah understanding the core values behind your brand and the personality and and the type of um, emotional reactions you want to happen when people interact with your brand mm, yeah that's so true and I think like you say you know we are in a new area of the market and there are lots of really cool innovations going on all the time and I know I've seen like like you were saying you know paper made from coffee cups and things like paper made from plant seeds in it and yeah. I want to say there's paper made from grape pulp, but I'm not quite sure. There's so many different types of paper. Um, I can't remember. I came across some made from stone. I don't know how they've done it. They've made the paper out of like stone from houses that have been knocked down and they turn this into paper so there's some really cool things happening i know you can get you know business cards or flyers printed on old t-shirts that again would have ended mm, in landfill yeah, I've seen so that i think 
the past couple of years there's been a lot more um like innovations happening and uh, recently yeah you can get compostable shipping tape and compostable um paper that you can wrap your products in and you can get cornstarch nuggets so that um you know the normal they kind of like look like polystyrene mm-hmm. um you can actually they can they dissolve in water so i bought a candle recently and i was like please don't send it in any plastic and she's like no no you, you basically just um you can dissolve those in water um i mean i suppose they're not as good as having nothing but you know it's all about you have to compromise sometimes as a sustainable brand if you're if you're sending out fragile items it's pretty hard to you know um be really minimal on the packaging side mm, yeah yeah you can't exactly send send a candle bouncing around in a box with nothing no <laughs> you definitely can't yeah so hopefully as more brands enter this market and there's more demand there will be more innovation and will bring the price down because i know some of these items can be quite pricey compared to the the alternative can't they yeah i think printers are generally um quite old school so it's really important i've started asking them and saying hi can you let me know where's this come from um is it fully recycled are the inks cruelty free uh and printers are kind of like haven't even thought about this stuff but they want us to use them so by asking the question it it keeps it keeps it in their mind that yes we need to start we need to start looking at this Um, and very recently you know I've worked with a lady who was um, producing a vegan a vegan friendly planner and for us to get that printed in the UK it was very difficult to find someone that was using vegan inks a good price and a small quantity and we did find someone eventually but um, yeah with printing it's quite hard to it takes a bit of searching and also it's important to just check that the printing is happening well hopefully in the UK or um, if it's happening in China, which a lot of printing happens in China, it's to, you know, really look into okay, what's going on there. Ideally, you want to try and get something that's that's printed in the UK if possible. Um, but some printers say they're based in the UK and they get the printing done in China. So um, yeah. that's another little thing to look out for. Yes, I recently had that when I ordered some new packaging from a brand that I thought was in the UK and couldn't work out why my parcel was shipped from Hong Kong. <laughs> Um, (laughs) is there anything that's kind of surprised you since you've been working I know you were working in design before weren't you yeah I worked at uh, sort of bigger agencies so um yeah like advertising agencies and um working on yeah bigger bigger brands I guess um and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own business because it just felt very soulless Mm. and um I don't know. I remember my first job, I was even, I was trying to get people to turn their computers off at night. This was before the days of a laptop, I think, um, you know, just to save energy and, you know, just things like that. It was just common sense that no one seemed to be doing. So um, I guess it's always been in me to, to be a sustainable business and um, look out for the environment and community. Um, so it's been, I think it's surprised me uh just the amazing businesses that are out there that are, that are existed and, and doing amazing things with regards to the environment. So that's been great. And the second thing that surprised me was, um, I guess I put off starting a business because I didn't think I was very businessy. Like I was like, oh, I'm too much of a hippie to be running a business. <laughs> um, so what's been a really great surprise is that I can almost be completely me and run a business and not have to be like some power suit wearing like salesperson which I I couldn't ever imagine doing which is why I didn't start a business so that's been a lovely surprise that you can be yourself and you can bring some of these elements um you know into your business so I you know quite happily talk about meditation and how that's impacted on my business and, and yoga and that's been great to see 
other people resonate with that and say yeah we can talk about that as well because we are our businesses and it's so important to see what things inspire us and fuel us mm. yeah and that's so nice that you said you run conscious entrepreneurs with your yoga teacher like two completely different businesses yet you've managed to find common ground yeah because we basically I, I was on the way to one of her yoga days and we hated networking. It's, I don't know, I mean, if you've ever been to networking, it's, I just felt like people would hand their business cards to me without even saying hello. And it was just constantly about selling and it, it felt horrible. So we wanted to create something different where people would be coming to learn from each other and support and have a community. So instead of, you know, talking about yourself, we'd look at problems that people are facing in their business or we'd have an inspiration share. And we started off with a meditation, which people have gone, oh, we never do that at networking. But people <laughs> love it. I mean, people have never done meditation before. I've kind of really connected with it. Um, so, yeah, that was great. But we both have the same passions, really. So you can kind of collaborate. I think you can collaborate with people when you're on the same page, even if you're not doing the same thing, really. Mm, yeah. So something I have been quite bad at on the podcast so far is I think most of my podcast guests have been London based or very close to London and London has a very kind of strong sustainable community but I was wondering what your experience of I think you're from Manchester or near Manchester what your experience of the community kind of outside of London and up in Manchester and I guess your experience with other brands all over the country is like yeah Manchester's luckily a big city as well so uh, it's always it's been pretty great with the whole sustainable side I mean I'd love more zero waste shops opening you know like refill shops mm. um but, but there are some it's just uh, not everywhere so I think having more of those places would be would, I'd love to see in Manchester um but I think generally it's you know we get people coming to conscious entrepreneurs there's some really great fashion events that have happened I took part in a sustainable fashion show and that was really inspiring seeing people um you know reuse clothes re- refashion them and, and look at like we don't need to be taking part in fast fashion mm. anymore uh, and there's some great shops in independent shops you know small businesses that have um I think clothing has been quite a good thing I think we need more in Manchester but definitely you know there is an option now where you can go and and buy you know sustainably made ethically made uh, clothes which is good um trying to think what else food I think there's like a really big food scene in Manchester I think's really good and coffee shop scene and you know they're really they've really kind of championed using local suppliers, um, you know, cutting down on waste, supporting independent other businesses, um, being quite innovative in the spaces. Um, I'm trying to think what else about Manchester. I'm actually living in Stockport, which is very close to Manchester. Um, and, and yeah, sim- similar similar feeling, really. I think probably there are more things in London that happen and we kind of want, like, oh, can that happen here? But they end up doing, coming to Manchester eventually, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess a lot of, things start off in London don't they before they kind of disperse out to the rest of the country yeah I think it's kind of like yeah it works here um, and then yeah it disperses out but I mean I generally work with people all over the world really um you know a lot of people in the UK but I've worked with people in America and Australia and um chatting to a woman who wants to bring a sustainable shop uh, like e-commerce shop to the Middle East because there's nothing that exists Mm -hmm. there so um it's been really nice to feel like a borderless business in a way (laughs) Yeah, I guess because especially at the moment you can do everything online. You don't need to set location for it. No, and I think people are getting used to now doing things on Zoom. So I've always, I've always said like, you know, 
happy to have a Zoom chat, just book it in on my website. I think maybe people at first would just be looking locally. Mm. I think now we can we can see like actually it doesn't we can work with people all around the world, which is, which is really exciting. Mm, yeah I took part in a virtual market a couple of weekends ago and we had talks on it as well and one girl was messaging me afterwards saying she was from Berlin and would have never been able to to take part in it obviously if it had been a in-person market so I think that's one of the really nice things that's come out of this yeah that's that's amazing and I think we we probably think oh well we've got all these shops or we we can get them online but when you speak to people in other countries like the woman in the Middle East she's actually based in Qatar she said like her friends can't get anything sustainable cruelty free you know they have to either get it shipped for lots of money Mm. or they when they go on holiday to England they they have to bulk buy and I don't think I appreciated that as much until I spoke to her um, and then this morning at conscious entrepreneurs we had um, a girl pop in from india and she was sort of like this would never exist <laughs> where she was from um so it's sort of like it's really nice to sort of feel like you know people can get i don't know hopefully be inspired by the movements that are happening um you know here and, and go and spread them off where, wherever they live so i think there's a, there's been a really positive thing with the whole zoom zoom life that we are currently living <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it will spread further. Um, So I was wondering if you have any advice for people who are considering going self-employed at this time. Obviously, it's a little bit difficult because we don't really know what the future holds right now. But yeah, what advice and from your own experience of being self-employed, running a business, what advice do you have for people that may be thinking about taking the leap? So I think a really just for sanity and feeling safe is to have a little bit either a bit of money saved so that you can maybe survive for three months or have a part-time job or you've got a skill like you can freelance in so I don't know if that you can be like a te- online teacher or you know anything like that just so that you're not absolutely panicking about money at the start so when I first started I had been designing so then I started my business but I knew I could do a bit of freelance so I went and spent like a day in an agency and and I got paid as a day rate or I could do a week so for the first six months I had that so that I wasn't constantly panicking about money because it is hard like the first six months you think oh I'll put my website up there and everyone will just come to me they don't (laughs) you know so I'm just gonna like you know like you have a dream and it's a great dream but you have to be patient and I think making sure that you've got a bit of security if that works for you um it's good if you're one of these super brave people like that's just my 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 cautiousness I suppose <laughs> sometimes you know people just go for it and it works and, and that and that's great so but that would be one thing is just to have a bit of security so that you're not just chasing after money at the start and you can focus more on your passion um I think the second thing would be again really spend some time thinking about your purpose why you're starting your business what you offer that's unique how you're going to help people and what you stand for and again doing the purpose statements a great thing to do and thinking of your four brand personality words because then you're going to be creating something that's meaningful and different and it's not just going to be adding noise um into the world mm. um I think patience is really is something, you know, don't expect everything to happen straight away. But having that why and that purpose, for me, I come back to that when I'm feeling like, oh, it's so much easier to have a nine to five job or, you know, go work in a coffee shop right now. Yeah. You know, when you're having those really hard days, it's like seeing the bigger picture and reminding yourself why you've done this. And that helps so so much I can't even describe how much it helps so really yeah make sure you've got a really strong why and why you know understanding why you why you're setting up your business 
Um, I think try and have a community. So that can be an online community or it can be an in-person community. But just having people, you know, love your, love what you do and, and be a spokesperson, it's it's just such a nicer way of marketing. You don't have to you don't have to go out there and sell yourself as much, but you can. Um, you know, people recommending you or recommending your products. And that's all through building connections and meaningful mm. connections. So I think, you know, start your business, but remember we're all human beings and having those human being connections is, is really important because those are the people that are going to be uh, be there for you as a business. Uh, I think, obviously, think about your branding, think about your website, um, especially if you're selling stuff, you know, things like SEO, you know, using Pinterest or blogs to, um, you know, promote your brand and marketing is a big thing. It's a kind of a dirty word. I know mm. people hate it, <laughs> but um, you can market yourself in your own unique way. You don't have to, you know, do the traditional ways, but you need to get the word out there in some way possible. Um, and it's working out. Yeah. How are you going to tell people about what you do and how are you going to connect with people? Because if you're doing something amazing if, and no one hears about it, then you, you unfortunately I don't know, you're not going to have as big an impact on the world as, as you maybe hope. So, yeah, look at marketing, but don't think of it as a horrible word, but think about it as telling a story and showing your passion and creating connections with people. And I think I think if you stick to those things like connection, community, um, truth, purpose, why, um, and obviously I, I presume everyone who's listening, if they're starting a business, you're, pro- you're probably doing something really good. So um, it's just having these things extra around you to help support you when starting out mm. yeah amazing is there, is there any other things that you think like oh maybe people would struggle with that um, starting a business well I was just wondering obviously it takes all sorts of people with business you know lots of people have different ideas I was wondering what tips you have for people who aren't creative oh um sort of with sort of yeah, um, with branding with... and like building a website and things like that um, I mean, then I'd ask for help. So I'm not great at photography mm. and I knew I had to get brand photography done for my website. It's so important. I knew I had to get my face on my website because, you know, I'm all about collaboration and I want to show people uh, who I am. So I got, I, I, you know, went and got a photographer and invested in that. So I, I think as a small business, you do have to invest. And mm. I know people have, you know, invested in website design and they've invested in branding. A lot of people I work with have probably tried to DIY it at the start and then they've realised, you know what, someone else can do it far better than me and um, so it's not it's being unafraid to ask for help and realizing actually no my skills are I want to use my skills to grow my business and make my products or um you know go and meet people or do events I'm gonna let someone else do I don't know the photography or the design the branding Mm. website so yeah if you're not creative um you know, just uh, the skills that you're not very good at, you get someone to help with. Like I'm rubbish at accounts, <laughs> so I've got an accountant. Um, you know, me trying to do that would be just be a silly waste of my time, and my, my brain isn't that quite isn't wired that way. So I just have to realise, you know, ask for help in the yeah. areas that I'm, I'm not good at. Yeah. So know your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah, and I think when you get someone else involved in your weakness, it, it helps your business. Mm. So when I got my photography done professionally, I mean, it's it's really helped my business. And I know it was an investment at the start, but I mean, the, the number of jobs I've got from having better photography, I can't even imagine to calculate that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think 
when you're starting out you maybe think oh I can't spend any money but you need to probably think in a bigger sense like okay if I get a copywriter to sort my website out actually that's going to lead to more sales or mm. you know if I get someone to make my website um, better a better experience again more sales same with your design and your brand if it if it's going to appeal to more people and allow you to raise your prices and reflect your quality um, it's it's a worthwhile investment I think at the start yeah yeah I think sometimes it's hard to initially justify how these things may like say if you're a product-led business it may be hard to justify how that investment will how you get the return on that investment yeah I think it's good to see it as a longer term thing Mm. and you know I've spoken to people at the start and I've gone you know don't worry in the first six months to a year you might not be able to invest in these things don't Mm. worry about that Uh, but once you feel like okay now I'm doing okay and then then that might be the time to invest you know or or you might have savings that, that type of thing at the start so I wouldn't worry too much at the start about getting everything there but just know that okay eventually I want to improve on those things um but also if you get them done really well and you don't kind of go for like the cheapest option then it lasts so I mean ideally I wouldn't want people who I've worked with to ever think they'd need to rebrand they might need a bit of a refresh Mm. but you know like I wouldn't want them to in two months in two years to need a new brand identity because that's not the way um you know that's not the way I work and same with websites you know once you've got a really great website built it might need tweaking as trends change or um, your business might evolve. But, you know, as long as you've got the core essence of what you're all about, then that's why it's important to invest so that it's sustainable and it's not just sort of cheap throwaway stuff. I guess I guess like clothes, you know, like if we buy cheap clothes, they don't last very long. Yeah. Um, but if we invest more in, in products, um, you know, we want to use them for 10 years if, if they last that long. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Invest in things that you want to last. Yeah, and 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 also it's kind of like, you know, my business is worth this. I want to treat mm. my business to things. Uh, and I think I know I, I, when I speak to people, and they they kind of hate their branding, and and it's really sad to hear because they've obviously got a great business, but you can tell they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there. I don't want to send my packaging's rubbish or you know and, and and I think that can come across sometimes and then and then when we've worked on the packaging they're like oh it just feels like me now and I'm really excited about it and um you know I, I think you're you subconsciously you kind of have a sense when it's it's not quite right yeah branding can be a bit like a dress you buy for a special event like a year in advance and you keep looking at it and then by the time the event comes around you don't want to wear it because you're sick of the side <laughs> of it yeah yeah definitely because <laughs> you just have you just done a rebrand as well yeah, so you yeah. You kind of know what it's, or do you feel probably loads better, I guess. Was, yeah, and yeah. so I have like, I'd say my like skill set creatively is quite broad. And obviously, because I'm a solo founder, I'm pretty willing to kind of turn my hand to anything. So I did the branding initially. Um, and then I got someone else to do it when I rebranded. And I was like, I can do it. I just need a fresh set of eyes on it. I need to know what an outsider perceives my brand as rather than what I, who spends all day every day in it perceives it as yeah it's so hard I mean I've seen designers and they get people to brand them because it's really hard when you're in it to see what your brand is from an outside perspective um Mm. definitely it is super hard I had someone um do the copy help me with my copy for my website because I knew it was okay but I just wanted to, to type tweak it and make it better and it was so much it's so much more improved since um since since I worked with someone on that um yeah so it's kind of like 
thinking I'm going to this person for a bit of extra help and they're going to make my business stronger by working with them. Because, um, yeah, like you say, it's when you're in it, it's really hard to get a fresh perspective and a fresh pair of eyes. And I found um, a couple of people I've worked with have sort of done their branding and they thought, okay, yeah, this this is me. And then I send them over a completely different mood board and they go, oh, wow, that's, that's me. I never even, even imagined that would be me. And it, it's almost like you're quite limited sometimes in, in, in how you see yourself. And mm. you know, like friends might say to us, oh, wow, you're so good at this. And you go, oh, am I really? I didn't realise that. Because I think we are quite, we can be quite limited in, in how we see our businesses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice to have someone's outside perspective and yeah. um, sort of dream a bit bigger for you. Yeah, especially if you're quite personally attached to your business. It can be like trying to write like your personal statement or a cover letter or something. Like sometimes bigging yourself up feels so unnatural and it can feel like that for your business as well. Yeah, and then I think if someone else does it, you're like, oh, it's okay, they've said it now, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah, especially for solo solo, um, solo founders, I like that, actually. I was just going to say solopreneurs, but that feels a bit like weird. <laughs> um, yeah, for solo founders, it's like you're doing everything. So it's, it's not a bad thing to get a bit of help and a bit of advice and a bit of wisdom. I know people having mentors and how helpful having someone like that to, you know, bounce ideas off. Um, is because yeah I think if you're in your head all the time it's quite hard to um, you know step away and and see the bigger picture of your business Mm. yeah that's so true so I was wondering what your favorite part of your job is or the fave or a favorite project you've worked on Oh, it's so hard. I don't know if I could name a favourite one. But, um, <laughs> I mean, very recently I've worked with um, Zero Waste Path, uh, Kind Store, and I'm currently working with Lucky Cloud. And um, I suppose those three are quite similar. Um, like they're sending out products. So mm. when I see people receive their packaging and love it and, and I hear them like go, oh, I love our branding. It's so, I'm so happy. That brings so much joy because I think as all three people's businesses, they're doing amazing things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really... Oh God, I feel honoured to have been part of the journey with them and, and to help them, like, you know, feel really confident and just see them grow, really. Um, and then there's other people I've worked with just that we've become, like, we're connected still and that's mm. really nice and we're sharing stuff. So I guess, yeah, it's people, really. I guess the people that I've worked with, that's been the favourite part of my business and just people that are all about doing good things, um, you know, making the world better, being passionate about, you know, being a, a heart-centred business with purpose that's that's been amazing to work with every single one of them and I feel like I would name every client recently so I feel bad for only naming three um but probably like people listening to your podcast are maybe aware of those three brands so um yeah and the Lucky Cloud stuff is is in um it's not been launched or anything yet so that's quite exciting we're we're working on that at the moment oh that's so exciting so you're part of that early stages of the journey yeah and and um you know Lucy who's the founder of Lucky Cloud she she her brand she'd got there but she again she was like oh it's not quite right for me I need I need a bit of help so we just sort of refresh the packaging and, and it's been really nice and she's gone yeah this reflects it now um, and yeah it kind of makes you realize that what you're doing is is helping people and it's got um it's got there's a reason for it mm, yeah and I think the kind of people that want to start up a business with good at the heart of it does kind of lead to bringing together a community of like-minded people that are genuinely interested in sustainability and that you have a connection to? Yeah, I think if you work with, I try and say to people, if you work with people who sort of share your vision, it just makes it even stronger. So I think, you know, it's great having chats with people, making sure that that's why branding is so important because you can make sure that people feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I feel like, yeah, I, I get what they're coming from and I feel mm. like I connect 
them. And then it makes, if you work with them, makes it stronger. So then I worked with a copywriter and she was all into sort of conscious business. Um, so then it, she just got me without me having to, it, it, it felt like a joy to work with her as opposed to sort of like frustration. Um, and that's one of the things I think it's sometimes hard to choose the right people to work with in your business. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of like, do you feel like you can be honest and, you know, you connect with them and you not always got lots of things in common with them, but you've got maybe a shared view of the world. Um, and if not, then like I did a, <laughs> I did an email on it saying, like, if someone suggested to me, let's meet in Starbucks, I'd be like, well, you're not the right person for me. <laughs> so, you know, little, you know, little things like that can influence, you know, I definitely would think, right, well, I don't know how we're going to, you know, work together. Um, so, you know, just just that's that's a good way of, you know, making decisions about who you want to work with. But, yeah, if you, if you find someone that's on the same wavelength, it's sort, it makes your, makes your vision even stronger, I guess, because you mm-hmm. both bring in extra talents and skills to it yeah yeah that's so true yeah if I'm ever like looking for someone to work with like say for example a photographer obviously there's plenty of photographers out there and photography isn't necessarily entwined with sustainability I'll be like I'm looking for a photographer who has an interest in this so at least they would and then hopefully they would enjoy working with the brand more totally definitely yeah that's such a good point that um they might not be photographing sustainable brands all the time but if they're interested in it you know that they're going to get your brand mm-hmm. whereas if they had no interest in sustainability they're not really going to come at it from a deeper level they'll just basically do the job um, and I guess that comes back to you, you know understanding your brand personality and connecting with people so it's not just about what you do as a photographer but actually you know how are you presenting yourself to the world and what type of personality is coming through um, when you're communicating with people and then like you it'll, it'll, you'll have chosen someone because their personalities match the type of thing that you're looking for and you weren't probably that bothered as much about the photography that they were doing because so many photographers out there that are Mm. all good yeah yeah that's so true so what does the future hold for you and your business oh well it's all um I guess it's quite not up in the air I'm creating the course because <laughs> I realized um you know I had a few people coming and they were like I really want to work with you but I'm not ready to invest so I realized there was a space to have it's going to be called the brand builder um and it's a course that people who are starting a business out can use to help them form a brand mm. and um you know get started if they haven't got a big amount of budget at the start and so that's something I'm doing and um hoping yeah just to work with more sustainable brands and um conscious entrepreneurs we're hopefully going to grow that a little bit more and see if people want to launch their own conscious entrepreneurs around the country or around the world so that's pretty exciting um and I really want to buy a camper van <laughs> when this all ends so um hopefully I'll be able to work enough to raise enough money to buy a camper van because I really want to like you know have visions of uh, waking up by the beach somewhere in England which is going to be pretty cold yeah. <laughs> but, um, or yeah um, yeah that, that's that's kind of uh, one of my goals but yeah just to enjoy just carry on you know working more with sustainable brands really that's that's kind of it mm, great you're going to be the uh, cliche of what people think self-employed people are just sitting by the beach with your laptop yeah, but then I, I chatted to a guy who's like a coffee, he's doing a coffee business. And I was like, yeah, you don't think about it. He's like, well, you don't have any Wi-Fi, so mm. you've got to permanently try and use your phone and you've got to charge your phone, but you haven't, you know. <laughs> so it's like all these things that um, I haven't considered. So maybe when I get the camper van, it might not be as, <laughs> as uh, ideal as I imagine. <laughs> might be just a weekend thing. Yeah, it might just be a weekend and then I'll, yeah, pretend, yeah, I'll just be sat in my office for the rest of the week. <laughs> So at the end of every podcast episode, I ask each guest what has left them feeling positive and uplifted about the future. It could be something you've seen or read, or it could be some of the amazing work you're doing with some of the brands you work with. 
Oh, um, I think I've been pretty inspired by the local community of conscious entrepreneurs around me, seeing um, seeing them switch their businesses. Uh, so one of my good friends is called Wardrobe Wellbeing, and she's all about like getting rid of fast fashion and reimagining your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. But she'd go and do personal styling sessions, and she's got like a vintage wardrobe library, and all that's had to stop. But now she's started doing like online Zoom consultations and and just encouraging people to stop buying things that they don't need and looking at it from their well-being. Um, so it's been really inspiring to see people like her just switch switch their business around, but also think about you know why am I doing this and you know what what good and impact am I having and, and not just adding you know adding to the waste that's happening in the world. So I think just seeing yeah like independent businesses and people that I know just doing great things. I think we're very keen, we're very quick to look at you know people with so many followers and podcasts mm. and making loads of money for inspiration, but it's really hard to relate to those people. So I would say, you know, the people around me that are doing incredible things and enriching people's lives, that that for me is way more inspiring than, um, yeah, the kind of business celebrities out there. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice. Those kind of, those pockets of smaller communities where you can actually get to know those brands a little bit more and I think what you said about having a social media following is really interesting a couple of weeks ago I interviewed Michaela Loach for my podcast and she was talking about how people are so often judged by their social media following Um, and she was talking in terms of like activism like your voice is more when you have a larger following whereas actually you could still be saying amazing things and saying really worthwhile things with a thousand five hundred followers I think so, yeah, because I think a few people, you know, I think, gosh, if you had sort of 200,000 followers, how can you even talk to any of them? And mm. uh, then it becomes like an influencer and I guess you start you start just um, chasing the numbers in a way. So I think, yeah, I think the people that I enjoy really following on Instagram haven't got loads of followers because I just think when you've got loads of followers, I, I don't see how, I feel like you're more of a, I'm also I feel like maybe you're not even posting your Instagram anymore if you've got that you know so I think there's a lot of um I think that's going to change and people will see that it's more important to you know listen to the voices as opposed to look at the numbers because Mm. you know popularity is not a a measure of um, worth I don't think so that's a really interesting thing but I think if you've I think I've seen with email lists, you know, people say, oh, I only get 2% people open and they may have thousands and thousands of subscribers. And then if you've only got, say, 500, but 400 of those open, that's actually way more value. So I think, yes, don't worry about the numbers too much with that type of thing, Mm. which is hard. I know it's really hard to say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is so true. So true. Well, thank you very much. Where can people find out more about you? And if people are interested in your course or your branding services or conscious entrepreneurs what can they do uh, so I'm mostly on Instagram sort of sharing the behind the scenes stuff that's at creative wilderness and then my website is creativewilderness.co.uk and you can sign up um, I've got a free branding ebook um, if you sign up to my mailing list which you can do on my website or on Instagram and conscious entrepreneurs is at conscious mcr on instagram and if people want to join us for our next session which is via zoom um you can book again via the link in in that bio so that's conscious mcr and at creative wilderness i think that was it that was the last yeah and my website (laughs) (laughs) cool thank you thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your insight with us oh it's been an absolute pleasure so i've absolutely loved talking to you 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found it inspiring and insightful. I will be back next week with another podcast guest. In the meantime, I would love it if you could go ahead and leave me a review or subscribe or share this episode on your stories as it really helps me reach other people who may be interested in the podcast. If you want to find out more about Agnes London, you can follow us on Instagram at Agnes London or check out my website, www.agneslondon.com. Thank you. See you next week.